0: 5:30 p.m. Eastern. So I'm I'm providing a caveat here because things tend to change um, minute by minute by minute at this point uh, in the presidential election. And so just as a little bit of a caveat here, like there's there are a variety of uh, things to sort of analyze from this election, uh, and all those things will come uh, eventually. I mean, there are quite literally months and months of you know content research analysis things to discuss both from a political perspective but also just you know sociological economics on and so forth so that is not what this episode is Uh, and so you all know me very well you know whenever I make you know when elsewhere when we try to make points you know things that talk about the political landscape or whatever it is we try to bring a lot of facts to it this is not that episode and it's not meant to be that episode to be honest Um, as you can see And everybody should be able to, not should be, this is an opinion. Politics is very much so emotional, very much so rooted in emotion. Um, And the fact that um, an open racist got as many votes as he got uh, so far uh, should prove that to everyone. Um, So that's the caveat joined here by my co host Becca Nyberg, Um, Becca, how are you feeling? Uh, Almost. (laughs) Man, that's a million dollar
1: question today, isn't
0: it? uh, Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I think I got it like a dozen times today. I'm still not sure how to answer it.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny because after most campaigns, what has struck me is how quiet things are. Because especially in the waning days of the campaign, you know, the phones are going crazy, the emails are going crazy, everybody's helping, and, you know, there's a lot of pieces to put into the puzzle. And then it just stops. Yeah. And it's weird (laughs) because you're so used to like a million things coming through on your phone. And then there's like nothing that comes through. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's, it's really disconcerting actually as somebody who works in politics for that to happen, except today, I'm so glad that that's what happened because I don't, you know, you said you had a lot of people asking you how you were doing. I don't know that I could have been okay with that today. (laughs) I just I was very happy for it to be quiet and a cat playing over there. Um, Very happy to for it to be quiet today. For nobody asking how I was doing because there were just so many feelings, Um, and for me, more feelings than in two thousand sixteen. Yeah, you know I went to bed election night two thousand sixteen and went the idiot has won you know, I'm not even going to stay up and watch the results. This is stupid. I hate everybody, but I'm going to bed and I'm fine. And I was much, much more upset last night. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and like you said earlier, you know, we, we don't have a result right now. It looks like Biden's going to win at 270 on the dot, which is crazy to me.
0: It looks pretty good. Just at this time of this recording, it looks looks right.
1: Correct. So, you know, that's the best guess, but You know, it I mean it could go either way still at this point. You know, there's a lot of you know, there's a lawsuit going on already, there are recounts, there's not even first counts finished, you know, we have a long way to go still. But even with, you know, even assuming, yeah, okay, fine, we get 270 or more, Biden wins, it's it doesn't change how I feel right now. Um, and that is so incredibly disappointed in humanity as a whole, this country as a whole, to have 67 million people. You know, And it's not even that they voted for somebody that I personally find to be abhorrent, but it's that he's systematically dismantling what our country is supposed to be about, what democracy is supposed to be about. And 67 million members of this country, roughly half of this country, at least the half the, you know, of the voting, they said that was okay. Yeah. That's what strikes me. That's, you know, why I'm so upset today. You know, in 2016, I was like, ah, you know, how bad could it be? You know, yeah, he's, you know, we know he's gonna be bad. We know he's not gonna be an Obama or, you know, a Democrat, you know, we know he's but like, you know, that was what I told a friend It's like, you know, I was naive at that point. And I was like, ah, how bad could it be? Now I know how bad it can be. Yeah. And 67 million people said, I'm okay
0: with that. That's the sad part. Yeah, um, you yeah, know, there, there's, there is uh, so much to, I think, unpack with with what we've, what we've seen over the last day, what we've seen over the last four years. I, I think for me, the that and that, you know, there are 67 million people who have heard his rhetoric, seen what he says, what he stands for have an uncontrolled pandemic where 232,000 souls have been lost, um, an economy that's teetering on in depression, um, a guy who refuses to um, call out and denounce white supremacy and uh, right-wing domestic terrorist groups. and 67 million people have just said, I'm okay with that. And, you know, I've heard a lot, I've seen a lot of things, heard a lot of things about people say, oh, well, you know, I can disagree with you and still get along with you, or still talk to you, and like, no, no, we can't. Um, I. Oh, well, we I, can
1: when we're talking about economic policy. Exactly. When we're talking about, I don't know, healthcare policy, deficit spending, something like that.
0: Well, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. That's like, but
1: that's not what we're talking this, about. Here. Yeah,
0: like, and, and everyone knows that's not what we're talking about here, and so it's like. I'm, I'm not going to, you're not going to patronize me and what your little meme and your post and your little comment about we can disagree on things. We, that is so disingenuous and it's such a endorsement of racism because we all had friends who are Republicans prior to 2016. We lived through Bush we, we went through 2012 where Romney had a very legitimate possibility to win, especially after the election. And yeah, you know, you had some division, you had conversations, but never did I even think, oh, you voted for Romney? We can't. We can't be in a relationship. I don't want to. Never. So, you know, d- don't placate me and patronize me and piss on my leg and tell me it's raining like, oh, we can disagree. No, we can't, because right now the disagreements are steeped in racism racism sexism and white supremacy. And and I am not going to disagree, agree to disagree, whatever it is, and be in relationship with anybody who filled out a mail ballot, went to the post, however you voted, who got that piece of paper and said, you know what, I'm, I'm voting for this guy. I don't care what your rationalization is. I don't care. Because regardless of what your rationalization is, you made the determination that racism and white supremacy is not that big a deal to you. You have therefore with your vote said, you know what, Fred, your humanity is less important than whatever yeah. else. Absolutely. Then your than your taxes, then your economy, then your, you know, anti-choice. Well, it doesn't matter. You have literally said to every black and brown person that you know to to well, we'll get to women. Um, but you have literally said to every black and brown person you know, you know what, your humanity just doesn't matter that much to me. And if it does matter, there's something else that is more important. I don't want to be in a relationship with you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to be in your presence. I'm not apologizing for that. And I'm not going to entertain your little disrespectful ass placation. I don't know if that's a word, but it's going to be right now of, Oh, we can agree to disagree. No, we can't. We just can't. And, and, I'll, I'll 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 leave it there for now. We're going. <laughs> You're
1: gonna stop your rant there.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah well I mean and picking that up too is you know there was an article that came out today that said 55 percent of yeah. Cuban origin, especially in South Florida, went for Trump, and that was one of the reasons that Florida was not in play here. This Florida is not a swing state at this point. Florida is red.
0: It's nice and red. Yeah, it's not even purple anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, so we're not even going to discuss Florida as a swing state anymore. Um, And one of the reasons is, you know, the play of Trump in particular, but the Republican Party to Venezuelans, Cubans, Nicaraguans, Colombians, to equate the Democratic Party and the Democratic platform to socialism and thereby, you know, you've come from these socialist dictator countries, obviously you don't want to support them. And it's worked. Um, And you know, my full disclosure, my partner is Cuban origin. Um, and when I showed him that article, his only comment was idiots. But, you know, <laughs> that part of it, you know, there were also comments on there, um, comments on the tweets about it, that, you know, hey, I'm Cuban. And yeah, I supported him because I don't care about immigration anymore. I'm already here. I mean, <laughs> I can't, I can't tell you or I can't teach you how to care for other people, but it seems to be a basic tenet of humanity that a certain portion of our electorate and a fairly large portion of our electorate just seems to be missing.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, you know, I think we've, we've talked about this and this goes back to my rant from a few weeks ago about the eighties, to be totally honest. And I think it still applies. And like, I think that was one of the look the the human condition is what it is right like people overwhelmingly are going to um you know prioritize their self-interest their needs and their families i get that but as a student of history i do legitimately believe there was a time between that the great depression and the onslaught of the reagan revolution late 70s to where uh, most americans at least in their voting habits in the way in which they spent money, whether it's unions or a small, whatever it is, there was some sense of what what is best for my fellow American, what is best for my neighbor. And and if if making a decision, if voting, if you know, working on this campaign, whatever it might be, if if what is best for us collectively outweighs my little individual greed, then I'll go with that. That sentiment has completely eradicated. And you can see that just in a statement you just made. Number one, there are a ton of Cubans who did not come here legally. So the fact that so many of them now do not care about immigration because they're here, they got their citizenship, that's problematic. But the, the biggest thing I wanna highlight is just, I think this election, we're gonna hear a lot about a lot of different things. You know. You know, um, the Latino vote's not a monolith and, you know, white women going more for Trump this time. What it comes down to, to be totally honest, is just white supremacy, whiteness, and the desire to be close to, near, or part of um, white society. And I say that because overwhelmingly, and hopefully we're ready to have these conversations soon, there are a lot of Hispanic people who consider themselves white and are happy to ride the coattails of white supremacy. And I don't think people notice that, but like that, you know, the non-Hispanic white you see on forums or whatever, that is a thing. And so they've aligned themselves firmly with the idea of whiteness, with white supremacy as a means to, you know, have more access or the ability to get closer to their American dream. Uh, well,
1: and, and look at who we're talking about, Cubans, Venezuelans, Colombians in particular, Nicaraguans maybe not as much, but those three countries do tend to be lighter skinned than saying. say Dominicans. Or you know even Brazilians or you know anybody else. So yeah, absolutely. And they do see themselves as at least white adjacent, mm-hmm. if not part of it, and benefiting from it.
0: Mm-hmm. Argentina, you can go down the list. I mean, through all all throughout Central South America. And so I think that that is the ultimate sort of reflection of what this election is. Period. Now, is there nuance there? Yes. Are there conversations to be had there over the weeks, months, years? Yes, but that's what it comes down to, right? This elections This election is about race and gender, and I've said this over and over again. And this, you know, podcast is called debate, so I'll reiterate it because Black people are about to save this country's ass again, right? Democrats cannot keep bringing one woman to the dance and trying to dance with two or three or four others. At a certain point, you have to prioritize. The needs of your base in organizing and financial investment and in policy, and you will reap the benefits of that uh, at at the ballot box. But the problem is, and and you know what I've learned from yesterday, and we'll get to this. I do think I'm ready to have a conversation about welcoming Latinx women into that sort of quartet and that focus of policy. I'm not inviting men. We can get to that later, um, because I've always thought like, and it's always frustrating me because we don't. I'll put it this way, Democrats invest too much politically, from a political capital perspective, into the Latino community as a whole for what we get out of it at the ballot box. Latinos vote for us for about 60-40. Now, I think hopefully what comes of this, again, as a party, is the idea that we start thinking about that vote, not as a monolith, but more as, okay, Cuban, Venezuelan, Nicaraguan, Argentinian. You're probably not going to go for us. Historically, you haven't. Cubans already, they, they already, they, they are, I put, I, I, I'll, I'll shut up after this momentarily. They took Florida out to of play early last night. You can make a very solid argument that Cuban-Americans caused 9-11. They caused the Iraq war. They caused maybe not the financial crisis, not directly, but they cost out quarter 2000 election there is a variety, there are a variety of resources you can go look at this for yourself. HBO just had a new documentary, 537 Votes. They had the movie Recount that came out in 2008. There's a podcast called Fiasco, Bush Record. So this is not my opinion. 537 Votes with the difference in South Florida. Alex Pinellas, the Miami-Dade County mayor at that time, uh, pretty much left Al Gore at the altar. So-
1: but let's But let's not forget about the Brown Wall, right? New Mexico, Arizona, the El Paso area that we were yeah. seeing-
0: I'm you not know, talking about so, Latinos as a whole. I'm I'm talking right. about like you those the, the the individuals who have immigrated here from primarily socialist countries. Cuz yes, in Arizona, New Mexico, and Nevada, you do get a, a by and large a group of Latinos and Latinas who immigrated from different sort of countries, have different backgrounds. Uh, so we, you know, that's definitely a part of the conversation, but you know, Cuban Americans by and large, like you said, think they're white. And we should start acting like they think that in our politics. Well,
1: and, you know, I mean, we could do an entire episode about Cuban voters because it's not even all Cubans. It's well, older yes. Cubans. It's not well, the older fair, generation.
0: And fair and Cubans. I mean, you've got Afro Cubans and, and overwhelmingly they are well, not go for Well, but it's
1: older generation too, because the other, you said earlier, you know, remembering that they didn't come here with authorization either. Sometimes they did, but you know what? we've given Cubans special provisions. Mm -hmm. We still have special provisions in the immigration statutes for Cubans. You know, if you are Cuban and you come here as a visitor and you overstay for a year, you can get a green card. Yeah. That's unheard of. It doesn't happen for other Cubans. And, you know, for, I don't know that I've ever really identified myself or, you know, said this to the podcast, but I am an immigration attorney. You know, I, I do know <laughs> know this kind of stuff. Like this is, this is my bread and butter is, is immigration law. Um, but the way that we treat Cubans is very differential. Um, and again, you know, like I said, my partner is of Cuban origin. Um, and I got into a conversation with his mother um, about how she came. And she said, oh yeah, you know, we, we came, you know, with authorization and da, da, da. She came on a refugee flight. I was like, wait, no, wait, what? <laughs> like, that's not, that doesn't happen. You came as a refugee. That means you got asylum, right? You don't come as a refugee. Like you're literally in the same position as all of the people that we've blocked from entering and are now living in, you know, Worse than slums, I don't even know what conditions. to call them. Yeah. You know, south of the border, trying to come in. That that was you. Yeah. But for forty years or whatever it was, I mean, it's just there's a disconnect there for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And like I said, yeah, there's there's a larger conversation to be had there. I mean, even I saw you know from a reputable source that um, uh, Trump's share of the Latino vote in Texas went from eighteen percent in twenty sixteen to 40% in, in 2020. So there's, there's a lot to unpack there and that'll happen. I think the the, the final thing I wanna say is, you know, and, and I, I'm glad we've done this on this podcast today. And, and I, I do think I'm starting to see other media outlets and networks do this as well is that this is, I think th- Trump is a symptom of a deeper illness, of a deeper disease and for whatever reason, we as a country have just refused to recognize the sins of our nation. Because, and I, America is not unique in its sense. A lot of people had slavery. Countries all around the world, you know, still, you know, are discriminant discriminatory towards people of darker skin, you know towards women's movements and women's liberation and their rights. So America is not unique in that, but there is just this unabashed refusal to acknowledge those sins and then to, not even to mitigate them. We're not even at the part of mitigation yet. We're still at just the, the point of acknowledgement. And I saw this thing on t- Twitter yesterday, this picture said, um, you know, no niggers, no specs, or, you know, other things like that. And a um, picture was taken in 1967, and someone was like, "Oh, you know, make sure you vote because our ancestors had to deal with this." I said, "Bro, that's 1967, like that—that that, ancestors—that's—that's that's not ancestors. Most of those people are still alive, <laughs> and this concept that." You know, the civil rights movement was doing was such and such long ago and so many things were just it, we, this is still very much so a contemporary thing that we that we confront and that we've never truly made it because all, all, you know, slavery turned into uh, we have reconstruction a little bit. of. We should do an episode on that. It's different um, because reconstruction literally ended because it was a bargaining chip for a presidential election. So that conversation can be had later. And that's why I don't entertain anybody who's like, oh, I don't vote. You know a vote for either candidate is like a vote for your for, for your oppressor and all this other stuff like set your silly ass up if you're not a part of like black panthers or an anarchists and you got a whole artillery of guns right like it's violence or or voting the ballot or the bullet but anyway
1: um wow. i mean those those are i have a couple of people in my news feed who today are like well of course the democrats are doing so badly because you know they ran this candidate that doesn't do all the popular, you know, socialist, you know, Bernie style policies that are that's so not true. popular, you know, they, he didn't run on, I don't know, Medicare for all, because that's a 70% approval rating. I don't even know if his facts are correct here. And I'm like, dude, what did you do? Did you like try and help this at all? Did you go work for Bernie if you think Bernie is like the end-all be-all? Did you work for another candidate that you think is doing all of these things that the mainstream candidates are not? What are you, you walking into a voting booth and casting your ballot for a third party candidate or not at all at this point? That's not a protest. At least That's not of helpful. resistance. <laughs> that's not, that's not doing the work. That's, you know, again, looking at, You know, and and to be fair, the people I've seen say this are white, right? It's another bastion of, you know, white privilege kind of thing to be able to say, I'm just above the fray and I'm going to go do something else without recognizing that one of these candidates is a lot worse than the other one. You know, I'm not naive. I don't think there's going to be some sort of magic wand that's waved when Biden wins and all of our race issues that have happened for you know since this country founding and before that will magically go away or even probably be dealt with.
0: No, not at all.
1: You know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> However, <laughs> we have a choice of somebody systemat- systematically dismantling protections for immigrants, for minorities, for women, or somebody who doesn't. It's not—it's just not good enough. Yeah. That doesn't give you the moral high ground.
0: Well, I remember in 2015 after the shooting in Charleston um, where, uh, where right when terrorists um, took the lives, of, I think it was eight or nine people at out of, out of the church there. And Nikki Haley was a former governor of South Carolina in response to that said, um, I know what rhetoric like that can do. Everyone knows that she's talking about the current president um, and his racist tirades that he was on during the entire Obama administration. And so, you know, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that, you know, when, when Biden wins, which it, it looks like uh, that's going to take place, they're going to have a lot of right wing terrorists, um, you know, take to the streets and, I think, you know, to to finish up an earlier point, you know, we went from slavery to, you know, Jim Crow to, you know, the silent majority in the Southern strategy to mass incarceration. I mean, there's never been a reckoning of racism or racial inequality in this country. And so do I expect that to happen in the next four years? No. Do I expect it to honestly happen in my lifetime? Probably not. And, and, and I think that's where we get lost in thinking that so many of these things were supposed to happen so rapidly and happen overnight. It's just like the process of change, of making societies better has always been a long game. It's always been a marathon. And, you know, there are ways to come about and have systemic like change instantly. Um, collectively, I don't think people are willing to make the sacrifices to do that. But, you know, if a bunch of folks said, hey, we're, we, we're, we want, you know, we want healthcare... And we want, you know, reparate, just for example, and, and millions of people said we're not shopping at Amazon or Walmart until we get that. We would have a bill for reparations and universal health care on the president's desk in a week. I guarantee that that will that would happen. The problem is. No one would want to do the work to organize delivering food or goods to people who can only use Walmart, who can only afford Walmart prices or folks who need Amazon because, you know, they can't travel or leave the house to to whatever. You know, there's nuance to organizing there. There's a path to rapid change. The problem is we're not willing to do it. And so if you're not willing to do it, you need to be willing to play the long game in voting strategy. But, and again, I, I will wrap up here at the end of the day, all right, I think overwhelmingly, it's, it's discouraging, I'm, I'm more discouraged now, like you than I was in 2016, because I can give, I can give somebody the benefit of the doubt for voting him in 2016, I can't, um, I, I, I don't like it, I wanna ask you more questions, <laughs> um, but I can give you the benefit of the doubt for voting for the president in 2016, I can't, I, I'm, I'm not gonna do that this time around. And, and the fact that 69 million people, or so whatever the number is, a ridiculous amount of people in this country have lived through the past four years, have heard him say what he said, said, done things, you know, that he's done and, and made the cognitive decision. Like, I, I don't like to remove like what people, the process of like what people actually do. Like, it's not like you just said something in the heat of the moment, like you either went into a, into a a voting location or you like ripped open your envelope and like you actively like saw his name on there and your brain like thought back to like tweets and comments and, and you said, I'm making this decision.
1: Or you're privileged enough that you didn't have to think about all of those
0: things. I'm not going to, we're not, we don't have anything to talk about, bro. Like we don't like period. Like and and the funny thing is honestly, if he were just a decent if he were John Kasich or Mitt Romney, he would have won 360 or 80 electoral votes yesterday. Like this thing would have been a womp. <laughs> and, right.
1: And I wouldn't have felt the way that I did. You know, no. Mitt Romney wins, you know, okay. I'm, not, I'm not supporting him, but eh, man, God whatever. All you, right, know, cool. fine. Right. you know, fine. <laughs> like, you know, you know. You know, and then I, then I agree with, you know, the socialist anarchists in my newsfeed who were like, yeah, it's just another old white guy.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. I got you. It's, you know, it's,
1: it's another flavor of the same, you know, the same meal. Absolutely. I agree with that. Right. That's not what this election was (laughs) at all. Exactly. And if you don't recognize that you refuse to recognize it, I I'm with you. I don't, I don't know what else to say to you. I mean, this is a referendum on, like, basic morality. And if you're not going to recognize the morality of somebody because of their skin color, their nation of origin, you know, their religion, whatever else, like, I I can't, there's, what am I going to do? How do I convince you to change that? I don't know that you can. Yeah. And 69 million people have decided that, you know, only they matter.
0: If proven they don't want to with their vote, we got to leave it there. We'll have quite a few more episodes over the next few days and weeks. Um, Bega, thanks for your insights. Hopefully, next time we have one of these, we'll, we'll, we'll know definitively um, that Joe Biden is the president elect, but um, we'll see. Uh, thank you, Bega, your co host, Fred. Uh, this is the base.